Hey, listen. Welcome to the Hey, Listen Gamescast. This is episode 91. My name is Jeffrey Morse, and this is a great week, guys. We've been looking forward to 420 all year long. We finally are getting Nintendo Labo and God of War hitting this week. Nathan, what are you more excited for, God of War or Nintendo Cardboard? Um, most people look forward to 420 for a different reason. What's, what are you talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh-huh, sure. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward more to God of War because I'm actually going to be getting God of War hopefully this week, and I will not be purchasing that one. All right, well, you're getting God of War. My six-year-old is dying. I'm inside. getting Labo. We, we can uh, we can share those a little bit and yeah. have the best of both. Uh, Rob, how's it going? What's up? Not too bad. I think that was the answer to the first question, not the second question. Do you want to uh, come join us for our God of War cardboard party? I would love to recreate the <laughs> acts of Kratos and cardboard. It would probably look far better than the PS4 God of War cover. Dude, I would be way more excited for God of War if it had uh, Joy-Con motion controls with cardboard axes. That'd be that'd be awesome. <laughs> it has to come with like a safety warning, like watch out, you know, do not swing too wide, otherwise fear for like breaking lamps and yeah, TVs no. and. But yeah, everyone, you guys can definitely look forward to our impressions of those uh, two big titles uh, next week's show. We're gonna spend probably a lot of time with them over the weekend. We might put up a. Uh, Kind of a labo creation video. I think think that'd be fun to do. Put it up on our YouTube, and uh, yeah, uh, God of War is getting amazing reviews. It is the <laughs> currently the yeah. highest rated PlayStation Four title of all time. Of all time. Of all oh, time. Man. Higher all than time. Grand wow. Theft Auto Five, which apparently was the one before it, and Last of Us Remastered as well. So wow. yeah, mostly ten out of tens. You know, a couple nine, nine point fives, but it's just looking like this is another. You know, legendary game of the year type game kind of like you know we saw with zelda um and mario odyssey last yeah, year which is getting exactly. tens across the board so very exciting yeah. it's, uh, it's a great great time to be a gamer for sure so let us know on twitter if you're yeah, also definitely. planning on picking up god of war we would love to uh talk about uh that game with you guys and uh, just what looks like a uh, another great game in that series so today we have a great show planned for you guys. We are going to be talking about some of our favorite video game music. And that is going to be our main segment today. And we actually have hand-picked nine different uh, tracks from nine different video games. And we're going to be playing little excerpts of those uh, songs for you guys to enjoy on your own. And we will also put the uh, all the songs that we picked down in the show notes. So you can uh, go in there and if you want to see the full title. And, you know, check listen, them out. Yeah, check it out. Listen to the full thing or more of the soundtrack. You can... Uh, I do that more easily. So um, our first news piece comes from everyone's uh, favorite former first party uh, publisher. And that, of course, is uh, Sega. Sega. No longer in the hardware business. But they announced this last week that Sega Ages uh, is coming to the Nintendo Switch. So originally on the PS2, Sega Ages was basically an old Sega game collection that came out and and. Braced its defeat. Yes, Dreamcast cannot compete with PS2. <laughs> we'll just put out all of our best games on this disc. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's coming out for the Switch. It's coming this summer, and it's going to be a platform. And so it's going to launch with, I think, Son- the original Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, I think a Fantasy Star or Fantasy Zone game. A couple, of, I think, five mm. titles to start. And it's going to be a platform that they're just going to continually add more game and so more games be, to. It'll be like Arcade Archives on the Switch or something like that, where they're or yes or neo geo releases yeah yeah like i think so um oh, okay, i think yeah. it's i think it's gonna be more like one game that you get and just all of them are just launched through really a single game or hub oh really i think that's interesting what, what it's gonna be i'm, I'm not entirely you, sure did they announce like pricing like do you pay for each game individually they, they've not you, really announced anything other like, than it's coming okay. and we don't know that would be crazy if you left, could like but. pay like 20 bucks or something like that and just Get, continually like added yeah. games each just week get or each all. month or yeah. something like yeah. that. Yeah, they're saying it's a platform, so you know, we'll we'll learn more about that. I will say Sega's main moneymaker right now is mobile games and they really know how to, you know, do free to play and microtransactions and stuff. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it was like, hey, you get Song <laughs> Hedgehog free and then maybe the other games you can try demo, but then you have to pay two dollars on oh, yeah. the full game. I thought you were gonna say they added microtransactions to Sonic yeah. the Hedgehog or <laughs> you have to beat Sonic in one life. You have to pay thirty cents to continue. Oh my gosh! Like <laughs> insert a quarter, yeah. No, yeah. So I think that's cool because Sega has actually said that this will include everything from pretty much Sega's library, anything from the Master System, which was their first console, all the way through the Sega Dreamcast. And so it'll include Dreamcast games. Yes. So like 
well, actually, not not to start, but they yeah. said Dreamcast games will be added to this platform, yeah. and so I'm waiting for Sonic Adventure 2 to go on this. Like my, one of my favorite games of all awesome. time, Power yeah. Stone. Yeah. I've I want never Power played Stone. that game, but everyone like says it's really fun, and I yeah. want to check to it have out. Power Stone on there. Finally, like it's not on any modern console yeah. other than and I it's think, like a hundred dollars to buy or something yeah. like that used. Yeah, it's it's ridiculously expensive. <laughs> it's like pretty much impossible to play. To so to see a game like that, which would be a really fun multiplayer game, you know. Couple other games like you know Crazy Taxi and other fun Dreamcast games, original Soul Calibur. Like it would just be awesome to have these games out um, uh-huh. on the Switch to play anywhere. And Virtual Console apparently is isn't happening, <laughs> or at least not anytime soon that we know of. So I think this is great, and Sega I think is realizing that there's a gap in yeah. that market and taking advantage. Are they so. for sure. putting out like will Nintendo actually games, like, pay Sega attention Genesis? to this, or will they say no? We're going to refuse to continue to refuse <laughs> refuse Virtual <laughs> Console. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see, but. Rob, you asked it. Will there be Genesis games? Is that what? You, is that yeah, what yeah, Sega Genesis games. Yeah, yeah. No, I think the first I five like games are Genesis games. A lot of those platformers, like you know, of course, the original Sonic games and like Vector Man and like some of those games that came out on the Sega Genesis were just so cool. They would make really perfect Switch games. Just taking those games mm-hmm. with you wherever you can. Yeah, I mean, trying to get as far. Look as at Sonic can, Mania. And, like how well that did. And that was yeah. pretty much a prettier, you know, Genesis game, but. Um, yeah, no, I think this is great news. And, you know, if you don't have a Switch, uh, they are also releasing a new Sega Genesis collection with, I think, like 50 of the best Genesis games for PS4 and Xbox One. Mm-hmm. And so there's something for those platforms too. But Dreamcast games, man, that would be awesome to get those. It would released. be, yeah. <laughs> Even if it's, I don't even care, just release it on PS4, Switch, something. Like, be able to play Jet Set Radio, Sonic Adventure, all these games. Oh my gosh, games. Jet Set Radio. That would be awesome. Would be, that would be so cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, anyways, looking forward to that. Come out this summer. Um, probably the biz- biggest news piece that uh, came out this week, we actually had some people uh, tweet at us. Uh, I know Adam, uh, a good friend of the show, tweeted at us. Um, but Billy Mitchell, a.k.a. the King of Kong, the world record holder uh, ever since, I think, 1984 or something like that. He's held it for you know th- over 30 years. Um, Billy Mitchell, arcade video game king. Um, he has been officially stripped of his world records that he has set on all video games, including his you know famous Donkey Kong world record score that has remained unbeaten for so many years. And you know there was a movie called I think The King of Kong. Yeah, um, that was like yeah. in two thousand six. Yeah, about ten like years ago, that kind of chronicled you know the story behind that and everything. And so officially now he is no longer the leader. Um, in Twin Galaxies is basically the website that is you know the top website that every other website runs through. So like pretty much any video game website that has high scores, Guinness book of world records, like everything runs through twin galaxy. So the fact that they said, eh, this doesn't count anymore. That means everyone else now so, says no good. It does. Why not was count. he stripped of his title? Yeah. So the reason he was stripped is there's all these new video evidence of, um, basically footage from him playing the original game. And it is apparently his records have been set on emulated software. So he did not set the records on the original arcade Donkey cabinet. Kong booth. Yeah, they're not, not the original cabinet, and specifically in Donkey Kong. And so the fact that this record has been, you know, this huge record, one of the most famous world records in any video game of all time, and it supposedly got set on a, you know, emulated software where it's not the original game and small things were different. Obviously, you could see why that would not want to be counted. And yeah. so... Um, Billy has come out in the last couple of days since this came out and has denied it and said, you know, everything was done to rules and regulation. He's open to providing any proof and other things and helping out the investigation however he can. But he has basically said that this is, you know, he did not cheat. Nothing was wrong. But, you know, the fact that the matter is that there is some pretty <laughs> real evidence that says, you know, he did use some emulated software and I'm not a Donkey Kong world record you know, <laughs> setter. So I don't know exactly what that difference did, but there is a difference between the version he played and the real arcade cabinet. So, um, yeah, it's definitely, definitely interesting. What do you guys think? Do you think this is an overreaction? Do you think it's not really that bad? Do you think Billy's I mean, being honest? Been, I feel like this has been brewing like a couple of weeks ago. I remember hearing stories about how this might be kind of coming up and stuff like that. And then he kind of tried to shut it down and then, mm-hmm. Just this last week, this officially came yeah, out. Yeah, they've been kind of stuff. reviewing it for the last yeah, couple they've months. Yeah, they've been, exactly, exactly. This is like the verdict, I guess. So I have to wonder, how many, uh, like, was it every single one? 
because he's stripped of all of his records, mm-hmm. which seems ridiculous. Because I doubt, because Billy Mitchell is still a very good Donkey Kong player, even regardless yeah. if you use an emulated or not. And so I would have to imagine that this isn't on every single record he set that he emulated all of them. Yeah, I mean, I, sure. I think... Yeah, I I think they're just kind of assuming, saying, hey, we don't want any cheating of any kind. If you cheat, you know, even once at one game, it'll disqualify you from setting records on anything else. They're trying to send a really big message against emulation and cheating or anything like that, I assume. Yeah, so like you said, Rob, I don't think he used emulated software and everything, but... You know, the fact is that he did somehow rig an emulated software into a cabinet and made it look like he was playing the real game for a world record run that isn't. Like, if that really yeah. did happen, like, that is pretty diabolical. Like, the fact that you went through all this effort to cover up this team for, for so long and everything like that, if that really happened, I could see why they might crack down so hard. But, I mean, they got to be pretty sure if they're really stripping him of, like, every record he sent and, like, banning him from the site and stuff. So, I don't know, it'll be interesting to see... What happens next if he's able to turn something up like some old footage or something that proves that it's real or not but i don't know i feel like it's kind of crazy i i know people don't really like billy mitchell for a variety yeah, of he, reasons of so people, i think a lot of people that's why this is blowing up they're like oh good riddance you know he's not the world record holder anymore he the people wanted you know more of an underdog i guess to hold a lot of those records but yeah We'll see. We'll see. Anyways, so that is uh, Billy Mitchell. Let us know on Twitter. Do you think Billy is innocent, or do you think he really did uh, you know, break the rules on purpose? Um, so our next news piece here is has to do with uh, Halo. Um, there is a Halo online game uh, that was developed uh, back in 2014, 2015. Um, and it was actually not made like by Bungie or 343, but it was basically using original Halo assets. They outsourced it to another team, and they basically were going to make a only PC only Halo game that was basically only like online matchmaking. It would be the best of kind of like all the Halo games from Halo One, Two, Three, and Halo Reach. And um, basically, this game got pretty far in development. There was a open beta in Russia of all places, <laughs> and when that beta test happened. There was people who kind of, you know, stole the source code and like, you know, got all, got the game's program running on their own things and the game got canceled the next year. But basically over the last few years, a small hacking community has kind of taken this game, remade it and put it into something that is playable today. And if you have a PC, you can play Halo Online and it's basically all that same great Halo action that you remember from the good old Halo 3 days and has all your old original maps remade in there. You can customize and tweak those maps however you want. There's an updated Forge. There's a a crazy amount of community content and editing tools out there. And it just looks like a really, really cool thing. And Microsoft hasn't, you know, struck struck a ban or, you know, asked them to remove it or put any, um, you know, crack down on this and remove it from the Internet, which I think is awesome. They they haven't done a Nintendo is what you're saying? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. You, you publish a Nintendo fan game and, you know, within like three days, like it, it'll be, you'll get a cease and desist letter from Nintendo's Ninja Lawyers. But yes. this game, you know, is pretty, pretty getting, getting kind of popular. It has a, a lot of really new features that they just kind of launched this week. And um, I mean, if I played on PC, like I, I feel like I would totally, totally get it on this because I was watching some footage. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is bringing me back to all the different Halo game modes and, you know, the thousands of matches I spent matchmaking yeah. well, in those games. I feel like kind of one of the crazy things about this is the fact that microsoft released the halo collection or whatever it was a couple years ago on xbox one yeah that's right um but the problem with that is like the multiplayer like was really really bad like the online was super laggy and stuff like that and i still think like they never fixed it completely yeah so it seems like this halo online thing which is free to play is the best way to go back and play like those old maps Mm -hmm. and stuff like that even more than like on an xbox one with the official especially if you're a pc player because master chief you know the halo games outside of uh halo one never like came to you know pc and like the newer halo games halo four and five those were xbox um exclusives like they never Mm -hmm. came to pc so this is really the only way to play newer or newish uh halo games um on a pc as well so that's that's a huge huge uh, community yeah i'm i wonder how it plays because i know like pc and console shooters are really really different like console shooters have all the like aim assist and stuff like that Mm -hmm. dialed up really high versus pc and stuff like that so i wonder if it 
feels really different yeah. or anything like that. Um, if I if I did play on PC like you, Jeff, I would be really tempted. But even if I had a PC, I kind of feel like I wouldn't because I just hate mouse and keyboard so much. <laughs> so, yeah. I wonder if they figure I, out a way to make I'm controllers tempted. work too. Yeah. yeah. That'd be yeah, yeah Rob, you actually have a PC. I am a PC gamer. Yeah, and yeah. you, you love, love Halo. Halo. I, yeah, so it's kind of all right. Both that's your right homework, there. Rob. <laughs> Go play this. Tell us how bad you got destroyed and what it's like. How many sticks you got? If you hijacked a banshee from anyone? I mean, that's what it's all about: hijacking those banshees. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that last week, I think. Uh, the R1 and the and the three hundred and sixty no scope, right? Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and going off man cannons and 360 no scoping. That, that's and if ultimate. you play any map besides Blood Gulch, I will yeah. disown you. <laughs> no, yeah. They, they put a little know, trailer right? out. Blood Gulch is the it, only one, right? I watched. They basically had like quick five second shots of like all my favorite Halo maps from like all the Halo games. It's yeah. like, oh my gosh, nostalgia. <laughs> like, yes. Love these maps. They're so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you are a Halo fan, you got a PC, uh, definitely check it out. Halo Online. Um, all right. Next news piece here. Um, I'm going to hand it off to you, Rob. Yeah, so uh, 2K Studios officially is kind of separated out a group of their uh, team, and it has seems this been work- offi- this hasn't been officially confirmed, right? It's not officially confirmed technically, but there is a small team in 2K that is tied to a project that fits into a series from the past. Pretty much everything that's been hinted, everything that's been said, the type of hiring they've done, the type of work they're doing, it's Bioshock. There is practically news reporters all across pretty much every video game website said this is the new Bioshock game in development. Yeah, This was originally reported... Maybe? Well, this was originally reported by Jason Schreier of Kotaku. Oh, yeah, he's reliable. Who's, (laughs) like, you know, kind of the The, best video game analyst or journalist in in the industry. And it came out on a story on a story he had about the developers behind Mafia 3 and kind of what they've been doing. Um, yeah. But it sounds like this is still pretty early on. Like, we probably won't see it at E3. It oh, okay. sounds like it'll probably still be no, probably a couple years year. away. Hmm. Yeah. Well, um, and one of the biggest things that they're trying to do with this is uh, with Mafia 3, they had such a huge team on the development that half the time most of the people didn't have anything to do. And so they're really small. It's a very small team at this point, and they're only hiring what they need. They're still in, like, so, pre-production on this. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So they're basically in the kind of planning out, figuring out what they're going to do. I mean, because... Well, I think they have they to did... be at least pretty far in there. I mean, when I just think of yeah. Bioshock, there's so many fans of that of that IP and that name. And, like, the original trilogy, obviously, you know, got completely remastered and re-released on everything. But we haven't really had a Bioshock system for the current-gen systems. Like, no, last one was yeah. Bioshock Infinite in 2013, I believe. Yeah, so it's been so, yeah. five years. So, like, I feel like they had to have had something. Like, they have to be working on something, right? Like, yeah, it can't well, be too far I away, mean, I, I would think. Ken Levine, but... the original Bioshock director, obviously left. He's not working mm. in there anymore. And so yep. I'm sure it took them time to figure out what they want to do with the series since yeah. the creator well, also, is gone. Also, it sounds like a lot stuff. of their team was on mafia 3 so now that mafia 3 is out i think they've probably been in development yeah. on this bioshock game since then well i think um, if, if you know if that's the case you know i think props to them for you know really waiting for the right director and the right time yeah, and yeah. Getting, getting the right talent together and hopefully you know that turns out a really good you know product and it's not just you know a cash in on the bioshock name or something so yeah so um, so here's the question so the first two bioshocks were under the ocean mm-hmm. yep the third Bioshock was in the air, a floating city. Yes. Where is this Bioshock going? Well, um, only where to go from here is up, so it's obviously going to be space. a space settlement. Space. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's We're not going to be on Mars or something, like that's Doom or something, but they're going to find some strange planet that I think you go on, or it'll just be like some giant human settlement like on that planet that you'll you'll be exploring. I'm thinking the moon. Because in the original Bioshock, the or like Bioshock Infinite is set in like the 1940s, 50s. Yeah. The uh, oh, Bioshock okay, yeah. one and two are set in the 1960s. So we're going to the 80s, and going. we're we're going off of like the Apollo project. That's but that was like in the 70s. I'll but say 70s. But it. <laughs> but what I'm seeing is the first ones went up in the 70s, but then more secret projects went up. And yeah. And- 
10 years later, they have all yep. these little secret civilizations on the moon. Like, oh, you can't yeah. just yeah. have just a like game on the moon right? with nothing on there, right? Yeah, exactly. Just... There will be Transformers. Gosh. <laughs> Crossover confirmed. They've just been waiting for Michael Bay's okay for five years. <laughs> explosion, cool. explosion, well, robots fighting. <laughs> we'll have to see when that game gets ends up getting announced. I, I think it'll probably be, it's probably at least like a year away. So I think it'll be yeah. a little while. Yeah, before but, even so. an announcement. Yeah. That's, I think that's good though. I think that's, that's so exciting. You know, another yeah, good sure. single player shooter game coming out. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Right. Now we have another shooter. That's not a single player game. Another apparently. shooter, not a single player. Uh, this is technically a rumor still, but it sounds like um, it's pretty. A lot of widely, sources. A lot of sources it. and stuff like that. So it seems like it's pretty likely. But uh, the newest Call of Duty, um, Call of Duty Black Ops Four, which you know has kind of just been barely teased and announced. Um, uh, the rumor is that it won't have a traditional single player campaign this year. And instead, they will have a battle royale mode, which <laughs> shocker. shocker! Oh my gosh! Oh, wow! <laughs> yeah. Well, this so will be the first Call of Duty, do? first Call of Duty game ever without a you single know, player game campaign, campaign, right? Yeah. What I think is yeah. really interesting about this actually is apparently in the the source said the reason that the single player campaign was cut was because the studio was like, we're not going to have the campaign done in time for the game to ship and they can't really delay a call of duty game it's because we've been working on battle royale for the last five months instead (laughs) that's why (laughs) exactly shifted so what are if it's call of duty black ops 4 it's in the black ops series which obviously has a single player storyline so what are they going to do they're just going to have like having a numbered sequel that doesn't follow up on any story is kind of hilarious to me the crazy or the interesting thing to me is the fact that like last year they did call of duty world war 2 and like they really heavily promoted kind of the single player campaign yeah, of that yeah. and we're like hey we're really trying to make it a little bit more realistic make it feel like a, a lot kind of more grounded boots on the ground mm-hmm. single player campaign to play through um and they did a lot of kind of advertising and marketing for that um before the game's release and then obviously they must have looked at numbers and been like well about the same amount of people who play single player every year played it like that didn't really pay off gotcha. and so they that's i that's obviously just me assuming everything. But yeah, I think that's yeah. probably it. Is imagine. a different team that makes Call of Duty every year too. Yeah, for so sure. For this sure. has been in and it works for a while, and so maybe they you know made some ground on single player, but then said, you know what, we're watching Fortnite and PUBG blow up. Let's you know scrap that and start working on a really cool battle royale mode that's unique in some way. So yeah, yeah. So you know it'll be unique. it'll be interesting to see what happens with that battle royale. Yeah. Hopefully, it's better. Um, the they're, Radical Heights. I think but... May 17th is when they're supposed to kind of do a big release and kind of show off the oh, game so and stuff like that. Soon. Yeah, next month. So we should be finding that out in less than a month. Yeah, exciting. Awesome. All right. Well, that wraps up our new segment for today. We are going to be jumping into our video game music segment. Uh, we here all uh, love music in general, and especially uh, we have a lot of fun fondness of uh, our favorite video game uh, music and soundtracks as well. And so what we are going to be doing for you guys is uh, just kind of talking about some different video game soundtracks that uh, were our favorites, meant a lot to us, talk about uh, why we like them, and then just play um, some short clips of our favorite track uh, from that game. And so we kind of separate this into three different categories. We're going to be sharing first our retro game music. So these are games that are, you know, 20, 20 years or older. Um, so, you know, think NES, Super Nintendo games, uh, older older titles, and then uh, kind of old games, which I kind of classified as within past the last five years, so within five to twenty years. Okay. Um, so basically, two thousands to about five years ago, and then uh, within the last five years, so basically a recent a recent game that you have enjoyed that had some um, good music. Sweet. Is that crazy to say that 20 years ago it was only 1998? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're getting Which old. Which was right in the middle heyday. of the 64 generation. Yep. All right, Rob, so go ahead and introduce our first uh, song of the show. All right, so this is from a game from 1990. It is uh, LucasArts game, The Secret of Monkey Island. Do you guys remember this game, like, click and point? Like, this was one of the first, like, adventure games, right? Yeah, yeah, Guybrush yeah. Threepwood. It was it was really really beautiful like animations. Like it was all like really cool little hand hand drawn animation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it just had clever humor and everything. But what I remember from the soundtrack it was just that 
that like little pops and stuff it made it, made it sound very caribbean like very pirate because that was the theme it just had that little pops of sound and everything throughout it and this is the opening theme so why don't you go ahead and play that great thanks for sharing that rob i've never yeah. really uh, listened to the soundtrack no you, you can definitely <laughs> tell it's like from 1990 though it's it's yeah, yeah. has a it's got that... very like late 80s early 90s yeah. stylistic yeah like, all, these, the, the, all these retro the ones all these retro the ones same. yeah you gotta realize the the uh limitations they had and mm-hmm. you know some of these themes are so recognizable i'm really thinking of you know the next one that nathan's yeah. about to share so recognizable and they did it with such a limited uh scale and you know what they yeah. could do with instruments so all right, so our next one is uh, one of maybe one of the most famous video game themes of all time, and that is for the original Zelda that came out on the NES, the original kind of uh, NES title theme that played right when you booted up the game. And the reason I chose this one is, obviously, I love Zelda, but the fact that this theme has like appeared in every single Zelda game since then, um, you know, a lot of early like 80s games and stuff like that, their themes kind of like changed and stuff like that or were lost, mm. but yeah, this theme yeah. has appeared in like every Zelda yeah. game today and is still is so recognizable. Well, Koji Kondo, like the the composer of this, yeah. Also, you know the original Mario theme. You know, think of the yeah. Mario theme and the Zelda theme. Like they've stood the test of time. Everyone knows, you know, those those theme songs, and I think it's a, a great, great exactly. Pick, Nathan. Such a classic. Such a classic. Yes, so good. <laughs> yes, and I, I love just how Nintendo iterated on that. And obviously, they were very limited at the time. But then as we've gotten better and better, you know, technology, they've added more and more to that theme. Yep. So it's yep. awesome. All right. What's, what's yours first, Jeff? So mine is actually, I guess, technically the oldest out of these three retro songs. Yeah. Uh, but not by much. Uh, 1993, Donkey Kong Country 2. Wait, so the youngest? Uh, sorry. The yeah, the <laughs> I was youngest. Say, I was like, Wait. <laughs> Not the oldest. Uh, this one is a little bit after uh, your two picks. But Donkey Kong Country Two, nineteen ninety three. This is the Super Nintendo. Um, and when most people think of Super Nintendo music, you know, it has a very kind of distinct sixteen uh, bit kind of chip tune sound to it. Yeah. But what the composer David Wise was able to pull off with this song in particular is just incredible given the limitations that he had to make it almost sound symphonic in a way mm-hmm. uh to make this this track and have different percussions and there's reverb and echoes and every single world in this uh in the in the main game totally had different musical uh tones and themes and it goes all over the place and there's just so many great great songs in this uh soundtrack so uh, this is sticker brush symphony from donkey kong country 2 
All right, that was Sticker Brush Symphony. I I love love the emotions of that I, song. I just have one thing to say. It's that's a great song, but I'm a little surprised you didn't choose the underwater theme from Donkey Kong Country Two. <laughs> Ooh, I that feel was like a good one. like I don't that's know. You one. always talk about that one, so I'm a little surprised. But well, they they the great thing I like is with the the little bit of a different choice in Tropical Freeze. They remix both of these songs in small little subtle ways in levels, and so. That's just another reason I love Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. <laughs> I was actually debating whether or not to also include music for Donkey Kong. I, I chose one Donkey Kong game for you guys. All right. Yeah, I didn't all do right. two. Thank you. Yeah. We appreciate that. Uh, all right. So we're going to go back to Rob for his next choice. All right. So our next one is from – it's it's kind of getting closer to that 20-year mark, but which is crazy to think of because I remember <laughs> when this first came out. 2001, Halo. I, I mean, thought you were going like to say we, a Space Odyssey. Right. <laughs> sorry. Well, it is a space odyssey in a well, way. Well, yeah. It is. All right, sorry, it Rob, is. I cut you off. It is a space odyssey. I mean, if it's hard to go anywhere without talking about musical soundtracks to a to a video game without talking about Halo and that epic choir, the driving electric mm-hmm. guitar, the you know, just every time we heard it, we were we got goosebumps. Yeah, At least if, I If there's really any song that's, you know, as iconic as something you know like the the original zelda or mario back from that area um from you know this 20 20 years ago era from the original xbox ps2 gamecube like it's the halo theme like that that theme is so iconic for sure so this is a great choice rob So good. I love when the electric guitar kicks in. Oh too, my gosh, where... I'm getting goosebumps <laughs> just listening right? to it again. Oh, such a good no, choice. They... Oh, good I choice, just right? loved it. It was <laughs> so iconic. Yeah, and then they brought that you know song back into pretty much every Halo game too. Just yeah, to exactly. kick it was just right like in the a little bit different. Like the Halo Two version was the super high version that it started with. Yeah, the yeah. Super high O's and stuff. Like that. Yep, so yep. It was great. All right, it just, so it just makes you want to go kill the Covenant. <laughs> totally. True. Let's go shoot some aliens. It's true. Uh, and you guys actually might hear a little bit more from that composer later on in the show. A little, a little, Ooh, a little tease for us. Yeah. All right. So, Nathan. <laughs> uh, so, my second song is uh, Far Horizons from Skyrim. So, this game actually did come out seven years ago now. Um, but And it's since been released on 37 platforms. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, but this printers, is. Copier machines, <laughs> exactly. calculators. Yeah. But, I mean, Skyrim is an open-world game, so this doesn't, like, play at a particular time in the game or anything like that. It usually plays, like, at night, um, kind of when it's getting mm. towards nighttime and you're in a town mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, but the reason I really like it is if you listen to it, it starts off with kind of this very simple musical, um, two different beats that it plays. And it starts off just playing it with, like, a trumpet. And then after that, it, like, goes into playing it with, like, a flute. And as the song goes on, it plays the same melody over and over again, but with different mm. instruments. And then it adds, starts adding those instruments in together. So it's just really, really interesting to see how um, those kind of progress and make, make the song grow bigger and stronger and stuff like that. So uh, just listen for that when you're listening. We're going to awesome. start partway through the song.
That is awesome. Yes. It's very kind of melodic, very kind of chill music and stuff like that. Great, yeah. great very, if you're just kind of trying yeah, to chill A lot out. of really good background music. Yes. Very beautiful, yes. yeah. I've never really played Skyrim, but I have like multiple Skyrim tracks, you know, on my phone that I listen to. And that's, I think how you know you have a really good soundtrack where it even brings in people from outside people who have played that game. Exactly. So exactly. Yeah. Skyrim is definitely a good choice. All right. So my uh, old pick um, is another Nintendo game and it's done by... Uh, Kazumi Totaka, who's kind of an underrated uh, Nintendo composer, especially their other Koji Kondo, like he's done, excuse me, Wave Race, um, Animal Crossing, Wii Sports, like a lot of really memorable themes that people really like. Yeah. Uh, but his favorite uh, work of mine is the original soundtrack for Luigi's Mansion. Um, and this game just already has a special place in my heart, being, you know, the first GameCube game I ever um, got on, you know, and I just was a huge fan of the GameCube. It was really influential in my growing up and my gaming gaming tastes. Um, and so this song I'm going to be playing for you guys is actually from the training mode, uh, which is kind of a little bit more of a upbeat, energized theme of the original Luigi's Mansion theme. Uh, but I do have to just say the main theme of Luigi's Mansion, I didn't play it for you, uh, but it is so great because it plays this really kind of creepy horror you know, creepy mansion music, yeah, yeah. but Luigi whistles or hums along to the tune as you're playing the game. And so it just, it's a really, awesome. they do so many cool little things with the music of that where the game really interacts with its own soundtrack, um, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. But I thought I'd play this fun little uh, piece from the training mode. So enjoy. Oh yeah. <laughs> That song just makes me feel like I'm 10 years old again. <laughs> it sounds like a 10-year-old 10-year-old song. Yeah. Like That's really surprising because I haven't played the original Luigi's Mansion, but it sounds mm-hmm. almost nothing like what, like what I would ex- expect from yeah, Luigi's Mansion. for sure. It, it definitely is different in tone because it's a very relaxed. You guys like cheering you on. You're just yeah. learning how to suck up ghosts. It's a very mm-hmm. uh, different environment than the rest of the game, which is pretty, it's pretty spooky, and you're trying to survive but yeah i know that that song you know i played the very that's the very beginning of the game so like anytime i listen to that song i feel like i'm 10 years old turning on the game for the first time with my brothers all crowded around the room just like this is next generation gaming it's amazing that's awesome yeah yeah all right so we are going to be moving into the modern era of games and so we kind of had it in that last era where you know composers had a lot more tools and instruments and could you know make orchestral song songs similar to you know what you heard in uh, halo um, in Skyrim, but uh, really in these last five years, I think developers have really uh, found ways to give composers full, like literally full orchestra or, game, yeah. <laughs> which didn't yeah. happen very often, but I think that's, that's quite common. That's becoming pretty common and more of a trend now. Yeah, you, yeah, exactly. So I think all three of these choices are actually pretty symphonic choices. Like they almost sound like something you could hear in a movie. So yeah. uh, Rob, what is uh, what is yours, your modern So I music feel like, choice? I mean, two things about this one. First off, it is 2013, so I feel like I'm just barely sneaking in the door of that five years. If it was, <laughs> we'll allow you it. know, next year I'll have to I'll have to pick something You'll else. Have to and update it. As, yep. as well as, I've Assassin's Creed isn't necessarily known for great soundtracks in general. I mean, they have some good music, but for the most part, you know, it's pretty background. You don't notice as much. But mm-hmm. there was one Assassin's Creed game, Black Flag where the main theme song just stuck in my mind. And if you didn't notice already, there's a little bit of a Pirates theme going on here besides Halo. <laughs> but this this song is just so just fun to listen to. It starts off really soft, just kind of melodic, you know, playing really soft, and then it just kicks in, and it just pumps you up and hypes you up, and you're like, man, I can go and kill all the ships and blow up yeah. all the other pirates and do, you know, stick it to the British and, you know, pretty much <laughs> anything it. else, you know, pirates that you can think of. And so we're going to actually start it 
right when it kicks up. So enjoy. Do you like actually like ride your like your pirate ship and like have like giant pirate ship battles with cannons to that song? Because that would be amazing if that's what actually happens. It is. That's the main title song. So you don't actually. There's a couple of points in songs in the soundtrack that are very similar to that oh, gotcha. that yeah, come out into the, the into the actual game and stuff. But <laughs> oh man, just every time you fire up the game, I actually sit through the entire title. Just yeah. It that does. Awesome. I think you made a really good point, Rob. It does a really good job of distinguishing itself as an Assassin's Creed game. Like I can't yeah. really think of any other mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed game where I can automatically be like hear the theme and be like, oh, that's from this game. But with this game, you can totally really? do it. I yeah. I, this is kind of weird coming from me i guess but i actually really like assassin's creed 2 and assassin's creed 3 they both had really really good main themes for enzio and whatever yeah, the dude yeah, in 3 was like i feel like those two did a Honor. really good job distinguishing them but obviously all the other games did not but yeah. i feel like with you know 4 3 and 2 i guess the numbered sequels the numbered sequels do a good exactly, job with their exactly. with their uh with their themes but you know that's only you know yeah. a small percentage well, of assassin's it, it creed did a good job <laughs> it did a good job of fitting the theme of the game being pirates and making it sound like it's from that era and from that yeah. No, yeah. time period and you can tell what assassin's it... creed game it is too exactly yes but yeah that, that is a good choice all right nathan you're gonna give us uh, your modern choice here yeah so my modern choice is from a game from 2015 and that is uncharted for a thief's end again and... a pirate's theme <laughs> it is a pirates theme uh and the reason i chose this game is because uh the first three uncharted's um the kind of the main sweeping overall title theme is really really good i really enjoyed it but basically throughout each of those games it was very very similar there wasn't a lot of remixing or anything that's that true happened. the title theme title screen for all three of the first games were just like the exact same thing exactly and yeah, this true. game a thief's end is a remixing of kind of that main theme and they do the compo- it's a new composer and he does a really good job of remixing it and like bringing back hints of yes you know this is uncharted you hear it but this mm-hmm. is also different it's a darker game it kind of brings that into it as well so i yeah, just very really somber. appreciate what they do with it uh thematically and musically all right so this is a thieves end from uncharted 4 Hearing that makes me think of the end credits like him, and I want to cry again. So thanks, Nathan. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. No spoilers. If oh. someone hasn't played the game, we won't spoil it for you, but it is We awesome. did a spoiler cast on uh, Uncharted 4 back really back early on. Out, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I think, I think I need to go back and to listen to that, because I don't know if I've listened to that since, because I hadn't actually beaten oh, the game when you guys right. did a spoiler oh, yeah, cast right. for that. So, cool. <laughs> go check it out. Go check yeah, it out. It's no, we, good. Spoiler, we love that game. Actually, it was the winner of our first uh, Game of the Year Gamey Award it was. for, I was for the show. was just thinking that. Yeah, won our yeah. 2016 award. Just an um, incredible theme and incredible game. Yes. Yep. <laughs> All right. So um, the last song we have for you guys is uh, my pick. And this is from a my most played gaming uh, series of this uh, generation. And that would, of course, be Destiny. And this is... Done by Bungie, and the composer is Marty O'Donnell, same guy who did the Halo theme that you guys heard earlier. And uh, I really like a lot of the ambient stuff he did for Destiny, like the main title screen, like mm-hmm. still just gives me like that same nostalgia that like Destiny One or excuse me, that Halo One gave me when you hear that you know original song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I kind of picked a song that gets your blood pumping a little bit more. Kind of like you know you picked Rob. Uh, 
with your Assassin's Creed one, it was kind of a really like gets you fired up to go out and, you know, defeat the enemy. And yeah, this song is yeah. the last array from Destiny 1. And this played in the last array mission, which is part of the Destiny 1 vanilla campaign. And so like you played in this one mission and it was this epic song for this really pretty much normal encounter in the game but it was just this amazing so like it doesn't piece. like capture a moment that you're like oh my gosh i love this or it was a huge yeah no it, it was just it, a great song it well it was a moment in this campaign like it wasn't the mission itself i didn't even remember what i was doing like i yeah. can't even think but i remember the moment where i heard this song just like oh my gosh like this is the greatest moment of my life because this triumphant amazing song is playing and it just was really really cool and so it's kind of a bummer that it was really only linked to that one song or that one mission, because you never really heard it <laughs> for the rest of Destiny. Yeah, but yeah. there were so many like great little songs um, throughout the original uh, score of Destiny One. Yeah. They've since then, you know, kind of moved on and got some different composers, which have, have been good. But I think this original kind of Marty O'Donnell um, themes, and especially this song right here, were just so um, so awesome. So yeah. I'm gonna play for you guys the last array. I'm gonna start at about a minute in when it really starts to uh, kick in. Love how cinematic that piece sounds. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's awesome. it sounds like very like kind of classic orchestral too. Like it, if you could tell me that that's like from a like Beethoven's Ninth or, ninth yeah. or something like <laughs> yeah, that yeah. or something, and I would be Which like, oh my Martin gosh, O'Donnell. I totally believe you. Yeah, or even something like John Williams from like yeah, you know, Last Samurai or Last yeah. Mohicans or something like that. But it's what Martin O'Donnell is so famous for is that that full orchestral sound symphonic like very john williams-esque yeah like you know does, does a great job does a great job for sure so um yeah, yeah so like we said those those were uh, nine different songs of uh, from different uh nine different video games that we really enjoyed and uh we really recommend the entire soundtracks for these games and so these were just yeah, you know definitely. a couple snippets and songs that we enjoyed but really there's um, a lot of really other great songs in these soundtracks. So we will leave on um, these games and these songs that we played um, in the show notes. So you can look check them up and check it out yeah, on YouTube and stuff. So uh, please do that and mm-hmm. let us know uh, what you think of our picks and uh, which one maybe you enjoyed best. As always, you can find us on Twitter at Halison underscore games. All right. So we are going to jump into the end of our show and we're going to talk about what we have been playing this week. Um, I'll go and start things off here because... I have been playing Rampage the movie. <laughs> I went oh, and saw a video game movie, the guys. One, the highest rated ever video game movie at like 55% <laughs> or something from Rotten Tomatoes. It is the highest rated video game movie at 55%, 50, I think it was 52% on okay. Metacritic. <laughs> great. Oh, <laughs> Which shows gosh. you how great video game movies usually are, right? Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, in earlier in the year, we talked a little bit about Jumanji and, you know, how that was a really, really good video game movie obviously Wreck-It Ralph you know was another one we've we've talked about but those are really you know, games set like inspired inspired by, by video, video games video yeah games. they weren't adapted from a video game Technically like they're both set in video game worlds yeah but it's not adapted straight from a video game like it but wasn't a game yeah. that oh, let's make a movie license. off this yeah, yeah. exactly it was yeah. more like yeah. we love video games let's make a movie that has to do with video games like, yeah so you know this game is obviously directly inspired from the original Rampage arcade game you play as you know, George, Lizzie, or Ralph, which is a giant, you know, lizard, wolf, and human. Now, in the original game, you are a mutated human. human. So, you're a human that's been mutated into this giant, freakish, you know, lab experiment gone wrong. You are literally just walking around, climbing buildings, punching them, uh, destroying helicopters, eating humans that are running around the streets. You find different foods and power-ups inside you can also beat the crap out of each other if you want it was an arcade game that you know was like the original mario bros where you could be co-op or you could just destroy each other not work together if you wanted to Do you mean human or did you mean gorilla gorilla yeah george is a gorilla george is you a said gorilla. human you're i'm a so giant sorry mutated <laughs> human. you, you like, are wait. well your humans that are mutated into a gorilla a lizard and a yeah and a wolf and so and a, and a original yeah. game is three players it reminded me of like 
early play, like the first time I ever played it, I was like, oh, this is what maybe it would be like to be like Godzilla or something. Yeah, like exactly. That. Yeah. Like Lizzie is pretty much looks exactly like Godzilla, yeah. like the lizard uh, monster. And basically, you would just clear on. levels as soon as you destroyed all the buildings, like by doing enough damage to the buildings, climbing up and down, wrecking them. And so, as you can imagine, this movie is pretty much all about giant monsters destroying buildings. But uh, they took a different spin, which I think you kind of have to to have some more of a plot. <laughs> but uh, yeah, The Rock is like the main star in this movie, and he's like a primateologist or whatever that's called, like a monkey, a gorilla, you know, scientist or doctor. And he's really good friends with this gorilla named George. They made him all white albino for some reason. And uh, basically there's this really evil company that's experimenting with some type of weird formula that makes monsters into crazy mutant animals. That's not made very clear in the movie, but uh, basically it's coming out of space. Like they were doing experiments and there's a monster rat in the space station that blows up. Three tanks fall down in America. One hits George and then another one hits a random wolf. Another one hits an alligator in Florida. And so basically those three animals are mutated into you know, to be much, much larger than their normal size. And the main thing is it makes them more aggressive. And so, like, George is, like, super nice, sweet gorilla in the movie until this thing happens and becomes, you know, super angry and just wants to smash everything like the Hulk. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of enjoyable. <laughs> the The plot and the acting wasn't great, but just the random CG destruction was made it for a fun popcorn mm-hmm. movie, I guess. But the best parts were just, you know, when they finally got into Chicago – towards the you know the the final act of the movie they're all the monsters are summoned to chicago for like a final battle type thing yeah and that's when they finally all three meet and initially they're just all working together but then something happens where george you know ends up fighting against the other two a la you know like a godzilla type movie where the monsters fight each other and that was really i think the best part of the movie where you see them fight each other they make lizzie like five times the size of the other ones so like the alligator monster is like insanely massive while george is really only like 50 feet tall or something like that so that was interesting but i will say this movie is worth seeing in theaters because of the great sound design the great you know cg and special effects and for there's a moment which i will not spoil but uh i will just say my favorite thing to do in the rampage games is to eat the little people off the street and throw them into my mouth. And there is a very great climactic moment where uh, this happens in the movie. Oh, <laughs> and I was waiting for it. I'm like, when are they going to have someone eat, eaten in an awesome way? And when it finally happened, I was just like, yes! Like in the theater, I was I was really so excited. So this is a faithful adaption of the original game? Uh, like, no. <laughs> the developers who made the game were like, yes, this is a great movie. We, sh- like, we... This is exactly what we pictured. And uh, I, I don't think so. Not necessarily. Okay. It's not really. Do you, do you know if it it's, takes takes like, a lot of liberties? Is but it doing they do have well. Like the theater you went it, to was it it pretty full. It is doing okay. My theater okay. wasn't super full, but then again, it's also like in three D and stuff like that. Oh, so yeah. I just saw it in okay. regular two D. Yeah, yeah. Um, it it was the top box office this this weekend. It, okay. it beat out uh, um everything else. So it, I think it'll do okay at the box office. You know, it has the rock, which yeah. which helps. Yeah, but, for sure. But I yeah, just I just question like what you know movie director producer studio whatever it is is like we need to make a video game movie <laughs> let's choose rampage yeah. like, that seems like such a random choice no story or they just literally the, monster uh, the sequel pac-man <laughs> no they actually I think that already happened with the uh, pixels they have a, they have a couple <laughs> couple little nods and easter eggs to the original game not not a ton yeah. but they actually very blatantly had the original Rampage arcade cabinet in the background of like the office of like the the people in the company. So nice. that, that was cool. kind of cool. But nice. yeah, it's just a great monster movie. It, if you like, you know, kind of cheesy '80s '90s kind of monster type movies, like Godzilla type movies, like you'll love this. It's it's right up that alley. So sweet. Yeah, it was it was, uh, it was entertaining. Uh, but what I actually played this week was uh, Kirby Star Allies for the Nintendo Switch, and. Um, I've never been a huge Kirby fan, but I've, I guess I could call myself a fan. I've, you've dabbled in a bunch of different ones. Yeah, I've dabbled Mm -hmm. in different Kirby games. I don't pick up all of them, but I usually pick up one Kirby game per generation. They usually put three or four out. Yeah. Yeah. So I have, you know, a couple Kirby games under my belt. And Kirby has this weird thing where the original games, you know, for the first decade through NES through N64, the games were just amazing and just did so many great things. And, in the years since, they've done weird spinoffs and try to recapture that light magic, but they haven't really got that lightning back in the bottle yet. And so this kind of continues the trend where 
the art style and the graphics, everything looks really, really pretty. It's really cute. It's well done, but like I found myself kind of wishing mechanics and powers and other things were returning from past Kirby games. So it's, I don't know. It's kind of, kind of disappointing in a way. I, I wouldn't recommend this game unless you have like small children who you're looking to game with on the switch. Cause yeah. it, like that's when I'll probably, you know, play it a lot is, you know, when my daughter gets to the age where she wants to play a game, but something, you know, like Mario might be a little bit too hard. This Kirby game is totally, you know, easy to play with anyone, but it just, it's just way too easy. And Kirby games have had that problem before with, with games making them way too you know, easy and zero challenge, but they've always usually had lots of hidden secrets, kind of like Donkey Kong Country or something where there's, yeah, collectibles and things to find and uh, harder parts if you wanted to. But all the collectibles and hidden things in this game are literally like, oh, hit this thing and there's the door. Like, go through the door and get the secret. Like, it's, they're not hidden it's at all. Right which out is, in the open. Yeah, it's right out in the open. And so it's, I don't know, it's a little bit of a bummer. I mean, it's not a bad game per se, but if you are looking for a, you know, solid platformer or anything that provides more of a challenge that someone who's, you know, eight years old or above would actually need to give some effort to, to beat, then I would just pick up Celeste or <laughs> Rayman Legends or, you know, some other some platformer other on the Switch for sure. But all right, it is co-op and we played a little bit, Nathan. And yeah, it's, it's, I mean, the co-op's pretty fun because it, it's based around four players. Like, yeah, that's the whole mechanic. But if you're playing solo, like it just forces you to play with three other computers who like beat the boss for you essentially. So yeah, it's yeah, not fun. We were solo. Playing co-op, like it was pretty fun, but like you said, we played like the sixth boss or eighth, seventh boss of the game or mm-hmm. something like that. And I think we beat it. Like no one died yeah. and we beat it in like, <laughs> we wrecked it in like 30 a seconds. A minute and yeah. a half or yeah. like, oh, wow. 60 seconds. Or it was, like it that. was, yeah, not bad. I've only died like twice in the game. And one of them was just cause I wasn't paying attention to the screen. I was looking at like something else on my phone or something like, <laughs> oh, like gosh. it's, it's not, and yeah. I had like 70 lives. And playing. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, I don't try not to knock games on difficulty too much. I don't want to sound elitist or anything. Yeah, but for sure. This game is definitely yeah. like made. So any, literally anyone four and up it. can beat this game. Yeah. So, mm. all right. But cool. yeah, that's that's the main thing I was playing. Um, also, been getting back into Pac-Man Championship Edition Two Plus. Whew, long game, uh, long, name. long name. But yeah, if you uh, like arcade games, definitely pick up Pac-Man on the Switch. There's, I'm still going through all the content in there. There's so much to do single player, um, single player wise, and there's really really great challenge. You can select what difficulty you want on different things, which um, makes it really really addicting. And there's Play styles that only go for about five mm-hmm. minutes or so, but there's also modes that you can play an entire round in like about a minute or two. And so it's a really, really fun game to just play in a short burst. And it's one of my favorite games to play in handheld at the moment as well. So just wanted to give that game another shout out as well. So sweet. Yeah. Rob, what about you? Um, so mainly playing Banner Saga 2. Um, I actually beat it. Ooh, dude! So, you like run through these Banner Saga games faster than any other game I've seen <laughs> you play. <laughs> well, I I played this one for a little bit and then stopped for a while while I played a couple other games in my Steam library and then came back to it. So it, this one took me a little longer than the first one, but they're not super long games particularly. I mean, you could probably beat them in under ten hours. And they're so, RPGs, right? Yeah, to sort of, yeah. Okay. I mean, I feel like that's nice because most RPGs are yeah, like story based RPGs, thirty to a hundred hours long. So a shorter yeah, one, yeah. like I'm since like, oh, not, that's cool. Since it's not an open world, it's a caravan driven, um, turn based combat story RPG thing. I don't even know that's what the still official... an RPG, yeah, for sure. It's like more like kind of old is. school RPG though, like something like yeah, Final yeah. Fantasy so VI you have a caravan, like you gotta manage resources to a certain extent. Like you can't have your people starve. There's morale to manage. You have to manage how many like fighters versus clansmen you have. If you have more so it's clansmen, like Pikmin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. If you have more clansmen, they'll scrounge up food for you, so your your caravan can survive longer. If you have more fighters, you'll do better in some of the battles that they have. Um, but the big thing about it is it's just absolutely a gorgeous game. Art style is just like yeah. straight out of a Disney What I've seen movie. from screenshots, it just looks really, really neat. So I'm, I'm going to be very interested in looking at this when the whole trilogy comes out on the Switch yeah. later this summer. Yeah. I think it's very appealing. Soundtrack's awesome. Gameplay, 
super fun. The combat's really fun because it's it actually requires a little bit of a strategy. You're definitely the the turn based like one player at a time. Different units have different powers and special moves and different skills. Some of them are way bigger and stronger. Some of them are is weaker. It, um, is it grid based or is it just straight up? It's grid based. based. It is essentially Fire Emblem. Yeah, it's like okay. kind of Fire Emblem. Oh, okay. I didn't style. realize it was grid based. That's cool. Yeah, so it's super cool and fun. Um, yeah. Probably did, one of my favorite games I've played in a long you, time. Did you like it better than the first one? That's that's the question I have for you. I would say they they improved on some things in the second game that definitely needed to be fixed in the first game. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing like, oh my gosh, this is game-breaking, or nothing that's like, this is Assassin's Creed 4 to Assassin's Creed 3. Yeah. I would say this is definitely an improvement on the first one, but just enough that you're like, I love it, but I could still go back to the first one and really enjoy it. Okay. And the, the greatest part is the story ends in such a way that I went, are you kidding me? I have to wait till July to find out what happens <laughs> next. That's good. So oh, I got you hooked. That's good. So it's like a cliffhanger series. It is. It is. It's good. It's nice. super fun. Really Very recommend cool. it. So if you have a Switch, it's coming out all three of them at the same time pick it up yep anything else uh i played a little of uh telltale batman i'm just continuing through still season one right yeah oh man the the, yeah the characters and decisions you have to make sometimes they're just so stressful (laughs) Uh, that's 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 a good uh telltale i just finished the first episode Okay, so you just finished it. Nice. So I'm I'm kind of it gets in that way area. better. Yeah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> things it's escalate so very so quickly. <laughs> it's yeah. so good so far. I love the escalation. Have you I played more terrible. as Bruce Wayne or as Batman? Uh, I've kind of tried to balance it out a little bit okay. just to Did make both. sure that I'm not like overplaying one side or the other. Um, just because I feel like yeah, I'll be interested to see play it right. See where you're at by the end of the game if you chose to do things more as yeah, Bruce Wayne or Batman. Yeah, I feel like you kind of have to at some point choose yeah. to be like more Bruce. Like there's no at the beginning. There's no like test the waters skill but... skill tree or anything like that. Like you're not upgrading anything, but it is interesting to which way choose one path. Yeah, you choose. I, I feel like I might lean a little bit more towards Batman as yeah. time goes on. I just I, like yeah. Batman. I, I know Bruce I played Wayne. Bruce Wayne a lot more just because it was like different. Because I yeah. played a lot of Batman games. And stuff You're like, like I could probably so, figure out what I'm gonna do if I'm Batman. But it, tackling as Bruce Wayne, I'm not sure. Yeah, so exactly. that'd be a little more interesting. Exactly. Um, um, cool. And then also just playing Sims Four, which is seems really That's random. The newest but... Sims, right? Yeah, it is, and it's one. kind of fun. I, I love torturing. Sims. Yeah, they've just iterated and made tons of expansions. Oh, Sorry, Rob. Uh, yeah, they over expansion so wait, everything why'd you jump I into sims it, randomly i got yeah, it that's not really on your cheap. list <laughs> you got it for really so you just picked on, it up so you skipped yeah, to it was s on <laughs> yeah I, it's actually on uh ea origins so oh, they had a so it's not super part of your sale Steam store yeah and also because i got like a discount code as well so it was basically like super under t- it was like 10 bucks so I was like, eh, I've kind of wanted to play that one. I really enjoyed the first three. So, yeah. so you're gonna gonna keep playing it, or have you dipped your toes in and said, yeah? It's kind of one of those games that you can go back to play for an hour or two, and then just kind of jump out and not play it for a few months and not feel okay. terrible about that. Especially since you jump in. I was I always feel the opposite. An awesome family. Yeah, I always feel the opposite then, with those sim type games. Like I make a character. And like I start going for the first couple hours, I get like really bored, and then if I leave, I just feel guilty. I'm like, I Your left sim like is this like sitting there in prison, like yeah. me, I can't. I do left anything. this family or like in Animal Crossing, like I have an entire town that's filled with weeds, and my neighbors are waiting <laughs> to talk to me, and I never show up. Like, uh, that's hilarious. Did you just say you have an entire town on Animal Crossing full of weed? Uh, yes, that is what happens if possibly. you don't visit your town. There's lots of weed that grows. Yes. Man, this town's just gone to gone to the weeds. Yeah, and you'll talk to someone that, in Animal <laughs> Crossing, and they'll be like, Where have you been? You haven't talked to me the last six years, you jerk! I'm going to have to so, wait till 420 next year for Animal Crossing on Switch, <laughs> aren't I? Yeah. So, yeah, Sims 4. I love torturing my Sims. I'll start out really oh, serious, and by the end, they're in swimming pools with no ladders. <laughs> of course. <laughs> watching them drown oh goodness that does not surprise me at all all right nathan uh i haven't played a lot new this week um i went back and played some more ac origins this last weekend um 
that game is just so huge there's so many different things you can do so much to um, do. i started racing in the i forget what it's called but basically like the nile egyptian uh, no like the egyptian chariots? version of chariots yeah okay. the egyptian yeah. version version of the coliseum Ooh. um so i started doing that, that. Cool. got kind of into that um this obviously the race is the racing like super in depth or anything like yeah that. is it is it like why what's bringing you to play is it to get like gear and experience or is it just um fun? it's just kind of a cool side activity like just like a mini game yeah, yeah there's there's different you get cash kind of for it race yeah you get cast for it and there's different races you unlock by beating um you know the race before are there like obstacles like or is it the track um, like windy, basically it's or? like a track all all the way around an oval circle so like literally kind of yeah. like the coliseum or something like that and then mm-hmm. you're racing against other people and there's different um actions you can do to like ram other chariots and de- try and destroy them and nice. stuff like that so, so it's like f-zero yeah. where you're running really fast trying to destroy other people but you're not that, that awesome? fast because you're racing a chariot with you're on a horse exactly yeah no the attacking while racing sounds sounds awesome yeah for sure so yeah it's it's, a, it's fun there's just so much to do in that game like it's so overwhelming and i'm like i've explored like maybe five percent to ten percent of the map or something wow. like that like there's still yeah, last I'm only time I was playing level it, I was 15 or something like that so yeah last <laughs> time i was playing it i was exploring the the pyramids and like getting sucked into the hidden the pyramids. tombs and trying to find all the secrets pyramids are amazing i i didn't get very far and so i just wanted to see everything so i just went into the discovery tour i just took so tours of fun. of all the cool things i wanted to see and yeah you're right there's there's so much to see in that game, which is yeah, awesome. For sure. Yeah. So, anyways, been playing that, and also been playing a lot of uh, NBA 2K18. The NBA playoffs just started, so I'm, I'm in basketball. Your, uh, your uh, year, yearly uh, ritual. Has exactly. Begun again. I'm up to over 100 hours on that game on Switch now, which is it's, dang. It's almost. It's only 40 hours behind Zelda now. So, so, so you're gonna keep playing it until NBA Playgrounds 2 comes out in a couple months, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> totally. I didn't get the first one, so maybe this one will be a lot better. <laughs> It has to be. Oh man, I doubt it. I doubt it. I have. I'm calling flop. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much for joining us uh, this week. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed on um, this week's show. Um, we uh, go live, uh, or not live, but we uh, upload every every Tuesday. And so, look for our show every uh, Tuesday night. Uh, we would love for you guys to review us on iTunes, or uh, you know, if you enjoy the, the show, uh, talking to us about uh, what talk you to like, us on what Twitter. You yeah, yeah. we love, love to talk with you guys and. Um, yeah, so we will uh, leave you guys without a song this week. We feel like we gave you enough music. Uh, <laughs> I offered long. to sing oh, no. sing us off, but uh, I think I got downvoted on that. <laughs> we will spare your ears of Nathan's exactly. uh, chorus. But anyways, have a great week, everyone. We will see you next time. Peace. See ya. <laughs>